We are so honored that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this week's message. We pray that you find it helpful and life-giving. If you would like more information on Hope Church, you can check us out at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening. Listen, I don't know about you guys, but my last year and a half, two years, has been a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, okay? It has been crazy. Anybody? Yes? With me? Come on, talk to me. Yes. Because it has been not okay. There have been several moments over the past uh, year and a half that I was like, I am not okay. This is not okay. I am not okay. Guys, when they close Starbucks, I know it sounds crazy, but that was my not okay moment. You know why? Because I have three children at home. Here's my kids. All right? This is um, Kian and Oliver, and the little one who is not okay is Phoebe. Y'all, she is real not okay in this picture. And I'm not sure that Santa's okay either. He's looking off in the distance like, please, somebody get this baby from me. Please, please take this baby. Um, she was not okay. And uh, that was long before this year, but that's how I felt. Her face is how I felt several times over the past year and a half, two years. Okay? For real. It was crazy. So um, we have been trying to uh, work in Seaford for about three years um, in a ministry called Hope Church. Um, and this is finally the, the outward expression of the inward joy, if you will. Uh, because in the middle of all of this, we were launching Hope Church in our house. Um, and so during this, I have a wonderful woman named Dawn who comes and helps with my littlest, with Phoebe. Um, and so she was just going to help with toddler Phoebe. Well, during the pandemic, she's also a grandmother who takes care of three kids. And so she would come and bring her three kids. Well, then we had to do ministry at my house because they closed the Starbucks and they closed the library. So I had nowhere else to work. So then I had volunteers coming in. I had my kids director. I had my friend Michelle coming in and they brought, she, Michelle brought her kids so we had my kids, these kids, nine kids total, two dogs, and all of us crammed in my house, and we're all trying to, okay, we need to do boxes for kids in our neighborhood. So we're like, okay, we got to build these boxes. We're doing all this stuff, and then we got to do Christmas boxes for these kids in our neighborhood, and we're trying to work in the middle of this pandemic, and can I tell you, 100%, I had several moments where I was like, I am not okay. This is not okay. Alfie came home one day, and uh, there was extra people in our living room, and Alfie is a very private person, a very, a very introverted person, and he was like, there are people in my house I don't know, and I, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. This is not okay. Have you been there? Has there been moments for you over the past year? Maybe you're like, Emma, right now, right now I'm screaming, I'm still not okay. I'm still not okay. Today we're going to talk about uh, what it means when we're not okay. We're going to talk about um, some hope from the Bible, because, I mean, kind of that's what we do, uh, what to do when we're not okay. So we could all probably have uh, several moments where we could declare, I'm not okay. And maybe for you, it was when you lost your job. Maybe you lost your job or your job is even threatened right now and, and you didn't know how you're going to take care of your bills. So many of our friends here in Seaford lost jobs, 
lost income and didn't know how to make sense. And their kids were home. So even if they could work, they didn't know how, who was going to watch their kids. And grandparents had to become parents all over again. And, and it was crazy. Or maybe for you, you were like us and, and you lost one or several people to COVID. We lost um, an uncle and it was awful. And COVID forced everyone, to be honest, COVID forced everyone to live their truth for better or for worse. And can, can I just get a witness that sometimes our truth isn't that great. And when you're all having to live your truths together in a house, it can feel like it's not okay and it's not going to be okay. Or maybe, maybe like us, you're in this place right now and there is just news swirling about variants and vaccines and masks and long-term effects and school schedules and you feel like screaming, I am not okay. I'm still not okay. This is not okay. I'm with you. But this morning, I want to share with you that you are so not alone. You are not alone. The one thing that we want to do here at Hope Church is make you aware that you are not alone in your struggles. Many people can fall into acting like everything is okay. I'm okay. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. It's all right. I'm good. How many of you answered with, I'm good when you were not good? Okay, I have done that. I'm like, oh no, I'm good. I'm good. And on the inside, I'm just falling apart and dying. It's not, I'm just not good, right? And, And while we're struggling and suffering on the inside, we put on a face on the outside. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a huge Avengers fan, okay? I love Avengers movies. Um, when I had COVID during December, guess what your girl did? I watched them sequentially, okay? I was in for it. I didn't have anywhere else to go. I couldn't do anything else, and everybody was sick. So guess what? Avengers, it was. And I don't know about you, uh, but Endgame was the movie for me. And in the movie... I so identified with the former hero Thor, and he is struggling with his inability to tell people that he is not okay. He is in the fight, and Thor, listen, Thor watched as his people died, and his brother was killed by Thanos, and if you're not a fan, it's okay, just go watch the movie, uh, you'll get it, um, and, and he eventually kills Thanos, but he's still struggling with survivor's guilt. And I'm pretty sure he has PTSD. I identify with many of the symptoms that he has. I'm like, I get that. And Hulk and Rocket find him. And when they find Thor, they find him surrounded by beer cans and fast food wrappers. And he's got his controller out. And this is what he looks like. He is now Fat Thor. Where he was ripped before, he is now Fat Thor. And can I just tell you uh, that when uh, things started to turn the corner, uh, I identified deeply. I love Thor because he says to Rocket, Hulk says to him, he's like, "Are, are you okay? And Thor goes, I'm all right. Don't I look all right? And I can tell you that I did that. I was like, I'm all right. Don't I look all right? I mean, I'm only eating every five seconds because of the stress. And I'm only, I'm only like panicked. I've only had to take some medication just to make sure that I don't erupt. And ah, have you been there? Have you been fat Thor? Don't, <laughs> don't raise your hand. <laughs> but I identify with Thor. And I'm so glad that I wasn't alone. As a matter of fact, uh, In a KFF health tracking poll uh, from July of 2020, 
It stated this, it said, during the pandemic, about four to 10 adults in the U.S. have reported symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder. And this is a share that has been largely consistent. It's up from one in 10 adults who reported these symptoms from January to July of 2019. The study also found that many adults are reporting specific negative impacts on their health, mental health and well-being, such as difficulty sleeping, yes, eating, <laughs> yes, um, increases in alcohol consumption or substance abuse, or worsening chronic conditions due to worry and stress over coronavirus. Yes. Yes. And here's the truth. People who follow Jesus aren't immune. Can I get an amen? People who follow Jesus are not immune to struggling with mental health and struggling in life. As a matter of fact, we get it just the same as everyone else. We can begin to find help and healing, though, when we look at Jesus and we see what he modeled and what he did when he was not okay. And yes, Jesus had a moment when he was not okay. So we're going to look at that. Um, if you don't have a Bible, I would love to invite you uh, to get one. Um, if you have a cell phone, your, your Bible can be just as close as your phone. You can get the YouVersion or Bible app. If you would like paper Bible, sometimes I'm a paper Bible person. Sometimes I'm an electronic Bible person. I, sometimes I have a whole array of stuff to try and figure out life. Uh, this morning, we're going to begin by looking at an ancient Hebrew song. If you were here last week, you know that I love music. I love music so much. And we talked about the anthem of hope. Well, now we're going to look at a different anthem in the book of Psalms. And it gives us a good foundation to our understanding of truth. And what we need to have is an understanding of truth. In Psalm 34, 15 through 22, it says, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. And his ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. That's all. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those who are, whose spirits are crushed. And the righteous person faces many troubles Amen, somebody in the pandemic. But the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. That's important. That's a prophecy. That means it's a foretelling of something to come. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Now, I know that's a lot. It's a long verse, and I know, just get in for it, because I'm all about the scripture, because I'm all about truth, and I'm all about uh, finding it in his word. Um, and so that's an anthem, right? That is a total anthem. But this is what we're going to pick up from theology. Now, theology is just a big word that means study of God. Um, it's what I get to do. It's pretty cool. I enjoy it. If you're interested in it, I'd love to talk to you uh, more about studying God's truths and relaying them to other people. We're going to look at a couple of things. And the first thing I want you to see this morning from this passage is that God is just. If you'll notice, it says that there is answers for people who are righteous and there are answers for people who are wicked. We talked last week how I love justice and I love accountability because I need it. 
because I'm sinful in my nature, that means I do things that are against God's plans. I have problems, <laughs> and I, they're not okay, and I need that. But I love that God is just. He watches over those who do right, but he turns his face from evil because he can't do evil. You see, the, the second thing I want you to see is that God's good. We talked about this last week too. But number two, God reaches uh, and rescues the righteous each time, every time, all the time, always. Righteousness results in rescue. Importantly, in verse 20, it says, For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous, not one of them is broken. Elsewhere in Isaiah and Matthew, it says, A bruised reed he will not crush. And both of these are in reference to Jesus Christ. If you know anything about Jesus' story, he was crucified on a cross. And at that moment in time, um, the uh, guards came up, the Roman soldiers came up, and they were going to execute anybody who is still living by breaking their legs. Good times, right? This is not okay, by the way. And uh, those two, uh, there were two people hanging next to him, and they broke their legs. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that his body had already given up his spirit. And so they did not break his legs. And that's in fulfillment of this, um, and that's free for this sermon. Um, the, the next thing I want you to know, the fourth thing I want you to know about all of this, is that it says clearly that no one who takes refuge in Christ will be condemned. No one who takes refuge in God is going to be condemned. There is no condemnation. So Jesus Christ was fully God and he was fully man, but he set aside his deity and took on humanity without the loss of either one of those um, so that he might walk among us and bear the burden of our guilt and our not being okay and our sin and our, you know, beer fest, fast food chugging, video game playing moments of life. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with video games. I just want to say that. Okay. Um, this is what Philippians 2.6 says. It says, who being in very nature God, and the who in this passage is Jesus, did not e consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. But he took on the likeness of God and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. This morning I want to uh, show you something about Jesus that maybe you didn't know or didn't see before when you read the Bible, if you've read the Bible. And I hope that when you leave this morning that you understand a very, very important truth about Jesus. So we're going to look at Matthew 26 uh, 36 through 39 this morning, and this is, um, this is how I like to preach, so I hope y'all jive with this. Um, we're going to look at verse 36, and it says, Then uh, when Jesus went with his disciples to the place, place called Gethsemane, sorry, that's a really hard word to say because it's all these S's, and that's weird, um, but Gethsemane, it's actually Aramaic, um, and it's of, of Aramaic origin, and it's a, a garden of olive trees which rests um, at, the, at the foot of the Mount of Olives, and it's beyond the torrent of Kidron or the Kidron Valley. So Gethsemane is uh, literally a place where um, they would take the olives from the trees and they would press them 
and get oil. And I think it's very interesting that this would be the place where Jesus would go to pray before he had to surrender his life. And there's two reasons why I think it's interesting. First, because the place literally means like oil press. And for Jesus, this was a place of pressure and crushing and agony for him. You'll see that in just a minute. The second, which is super, this is where I geek out a little bit, so if you can't track with this, it's okay, because I love geeky stuff, okay? I said I liked Marvel. Um, so the Kidron Valley is actually the northeast of old Jerusalem, and it's a place where the Bible tells us that the high priests and the old system of worshiping God would take... Um, like the skins of animals and the stuff that weren't holy and wouldn't be used in sacrificial system. And they would take idols that the Israelites worshipped and they would take them into the valley of Kidron and burn them. Um, I think this is interesting because it's also where they would have thrown dead bodies. It was a graveyard. <laughs> okay, there's a whole song that we just sang. It's kind of cool. Um, but in John 18, one actually states that Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley, to enter the garden with his disciples. I, I hope you see this. There's a significance of Jesus crossing over the place where Israel's failures, where their death, where their sin, where their pain, where all of it was laid. And he crossed over that to get into the garden, to meet with the Father. Like, that's cool. It gives me goosebumps. I love it. Super exciting. Okay. I'm done. Okay. So he goes into the garden, and the verse there says um, that he said to them, and we'll go into who them is in a second, sit here while I go over there to pray. So I want you to understand that Jesus and, and all of the disciples went. All of the disciples. Um, there were um, the apostles, of course, um, and the only one who probably wasn't with them was Judas. Um, um, but there were men and women who went. But then the next verse, uh, 37, says, He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, so that's James and John, the sons of Thunder. Um, that's a band name if I ever heard one. Um, wasn't a song? Anyway. Um, but he took them along with him, and he began, the Bible says, to be sorrowful and troubled. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Now listen, um, those who had previously gotten a picture of who God was were Peter, James, and John. That's why he took them a little bit further. So the rest of the disciples he left back, but he took Peter, James, and John. Why? Because Peter, James, and John had a former revelation who God was in Jesus Christ when he went up on a mountain and was transformed before them. So the reason Peter, James, and John got to go is because they knew who he was. And they knew who he was about to connect to. And so they were allowed into this place with Jesus. Can I tell you this morning that when you're not okay, you can't take everybody with you. Everybody shouldn't be invited to the party when you're not okay. Because not everybody knows you. Not everybody loves you. And not everybody has God's best for you in mind. As a matter of fact, it's probably likely that the enemy has transplanted people in your life that are not for you. As a matter of fact, we all know that when you're in the thick of it, you find out who your, what, real friends are? Right? 
So I'm here to tell you, you can't take everybody with you. And that's a, that's a testimony of why you need to have godly friends in your life, why you need to be a part of a church like Hope Church that is going to love you and carry you and help you when things are rough. That's why in January we're going to start groups. That's why we believe in serving on teams because your team is your family and they hold you up. That's why we do what we do. You can't take everybody with you when you're sorrowful and troubled. You just can't. I don't like that because I'm a person who likes to take everybody to the party. Sometimes everybody shouldn't go to the party, especially a party you're having when you're falling apart. Um, so we have Peter and James and John, and they go a bit further, and he's sorrowful and troubled, and it says that he was not okay. I love this about Jesus. He was not okay because he was fully human, and he fully knew in his deity what was about to occur because he was fully God and fully human, and his humanity was terrified because y'all, death is scary, right? Can we just be honest? And what he was going to face was super scary. And anxiety, when you're a human being, rips at you. I can talk about this because I have anxiety and I've wrestled with depression and anxiety since I was 13 years old. And when it gets a hold of me, it is sorrowful and troubling, to say the least. And here is where we see Jesus fully in his humanity, fully wrestling with the sorrow and anguish. And it wasn't just about him, okay? It was about the fact that he was about to carry my sin and your sin and my shame and your shame and all of the sin and all of the shame. And he was about to experience what it meant to be separated from the Father because up until this point, he's had communion with the Father perfectly. He was one uh, with the Father um, and he wanted us to be one with the Father and he was about to experience what it was like to be without the Father. I don't know about you, but that makes me anxious just thinking about it. In verse 38, it moves on and it says, Then he said to them, he said to Peter, James, and John, My soul, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. If you've had a panic attack, that is what a panic attack feels like. It feels like sorrow to the point where you are close to death. Legit. Just saying, if you haven't, I'm so glad you haven't. That's what it feels like. So he says, stay here. And keep watch with me. Y'all, when I am in that place, I want my husband and I want my mama. Not going to lie. Because those are my people and my dad. These are my people. Those are my three. When I am sorrowful to the point, that's who I want. Those are my three. And that's what Jesus had. He had Peter, James, and John with him. And he said, stay with me. I think it's interesting that in the Greek, my soul is this word right here. It's psyche. Imagine that. Psyche, and in the Greek it means the breath of life, the vital force, and it's where we get the word what? Psychology, psychiatry, psych, right? In his inmost man, he is troubled. He says, God, I am not okay. 
I am not okay. And the three within the earshot of Jesus are asked to pray with him and keep watch. He is literally asking them to stay woke. Don't take that politically, all right? I'm just saying. He's like, stay woke, y'all. Stay with me. Stay, keep up. Like, I can see Jesus like, Peter, I need you, man. And Peter's like, yeah, bro, I got you. I'm just a little tired right now. There's a lot of, there's a lot of olives. It was good, but I'm tired. Um, he's telling them, listen, I need you to be vigilant. I need you to stay woke. I need you to struggle with me. When you're in the thick of things, you need people who can struggle well with you. But it's not easy to find those people. God helps us in our weaknesses. He will help you identify people in your life who you cannot be okay with. Verse 39. It says, going on a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, Father, my Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. The first thing he does is he aligns with his Father. He aligns his humanity, his human self, his not okay self, and he says, my Father. He goes back to his place of connection, um, and he submits to the greater mission of the Trinity. The Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, for those of you who might not know that truth. He submits to the greater mission. My mission to connect with God, your mission to connect and to know God better. He does it for us. If it's possible, Jesus said, and the, the crazy thing is, can you guys pick this up? It was possible for the cup to be taken because Jesus wasn't asked. He wouldn't have said, if it's possible. He knew it was possible. I think in another place in the Bible, it says that he could have called 12 legions of angels to come, right? He could have done that. He could have. Yet he says, not what I want, but you, what you want, God. And Jesus surrendered to that mission. And so you could be saying to me, yeah, that's nice. That's Jesus. So what, Emma? So what? It's my life. It's my life. All right, it was a Bon Jovi reference. But you're like, I don't care. Let me tell you why you should care. I have three things for you. If you're a note taker, you're a world changer. So if you want to take some notes on your phone, I want to tell you three things today that you can take with you as you walk out the door and carry this message with you. And the first thing I want you to take with you is that he knows. Jesus knows our sufferings. He is fully aware, fully aware of what it's like to have depression, to have anxiety, to have fears, to have concerns, to have a, 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 a problem. He also knows what it's like when your bros abandon you, when your girls don't stick by your side and hang out. He knows. He knows and he did not abandon the mission to save us. He knows that sin is sent to choke our lives out. And it does. It will choke you 
But Jesus came to save you. In fact, he took it on in complete surrender to God. He took on our sin and our suffering. The second thing I want you to write down is that he cares. He cares. God cared for Jesus deeply, obviously. But he also cares deeply about every detail of your life. Every minute, every second, every moment. He loves you. He wants the very, very best for you because God can't do anything else but want good. But he's just. And evil will be punished. And I'm for it. I just don't want my evil to be punished. Which is why I chose Jesus. Which is why I aligned myself just like Jesus aligned himself with God. I aligned myself with Jesus because he took my sin. He took my shame. He took my messed up, crazy, fat Thor self. And he loved me anyway. And he chose me. And this is the next thing. As, in fact, in the psalm, before we move on, in the psalm we talked about earlier, he reminds us that he is near to the brokenhearted. As a matter of fact, he kind of likes likes us closer and better, not likes us better, that's the wrong word, but he is closer to us and he comes near to us when we're super not okay. Can I tell you that when I'm not okay and when anxiety is choking me, he is so close, so close. And it's important who you have in your corner in those moments I'm so honored to have Alfie in my corner because when I can't feel God, I can feel him. He gives me hugs and he encourages me and he lets me snot on him. God bless him. <laughs> he said, amen. <laughs> the third thing I want you to see this morning is that he calls. He calls. He is calling you. He is calling you. He's calling your heart to beat again. He is calling your lungs to sing again. I love that he calls us and renews us and makes the stuff that used to give us passion and feel alive, and he gives it back. And he gives it back in spades. Like, I am so excited about my life. He calls, and he's calling you this morning to surrender to his goodness and to his plans for you. So I'm going to ask you some questions right now. Do you want to connect Jesus with me? I love it. Jesus is the best thing ever. And my connection with him is the coolest thing ever. And I want you to have that very same connection. I love him. The good news about Jesus and about this whole Garden of Gethsemane thing is that he got up. Y'all, he didn't stay on his face. He got up. And then he walked. And he got a kiss on a cheek from somebody that was supposed to love him. And then he walked. And then he got across and then he walked. 
And then he laid down his life. But that wasn't the end. You know, the reason why we call Hope Church Hope Church is because of this moment right here. Because it says uh, in the Bible that he conquered death, hell, and the grave. (laughs) That means he got up. (laughs) He got up with victory. He got up with power. He rose from the dead in a display of God's ultimate power over death, hell, and the grave, over all that the enemy would work against you and I. He won. Come on. Let's get it. That's so amazing. And the great news is because he rose, you will rise. You will rise in your life and you will get back your passion and you will know why God built you because he built you on purpose for a purpose. It is so amazing when you know him. So I would like to pray with you. I'm going to ask everybody for the sake of... um, the sake of uh, privacy and for some people who are, are like Alfie and would, would like some anonymity, I get that. I'm going to pray with you and I want to pray a prayer of salvation. And it's, it's simply saying, Jesus, I want to connect with you. So if you want to pray with me, I would love for that to happen. If you would, everybody bow your head and close your eyes. If that's weird for you, that's cool. You don't have to do that because I get it. Jesus. Thank you that you rose for me. Thank you that you surrendered to the cross for me. Jesus, I want to connect with you on a level that I haven't before. If that's you, could you just slip your hand up? Because I just want to pray with you this week. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I'm so, so honored to pray with you. Father, we thank you for those who rose, uh, rose their hands, raised their hands. Yes. God, we thank you that you hear us no matter what. No matter what. Thank you for those who said yes to you. Guys, Jesus had moments when he was not okay. And that doesn't make him weak or broken or unworthy. When he was honest with himself about it. He connected to the reality of his suffering. He said he wasn't okay. He asked his friends for help. He was met with what he needed to overcome. And I believe that God wants to meet with you and give you what you need to overcome this morning. If you've maybe had a relationship with God in the past, but you find yourself kind of feeling far, I'm here to tell you this morning he's not far from you. If that's you, I want to pray with you right now. So if you guys, again, would just give some honor and just bow your head and close your eyes. Father, thank you that you're not far from me. You're not far from us. People who are praying with me right now maybe have felt like you were. But this morning they have hope that you're not far. That you're near to the brokenhearted. You're near to us when we're not okay. God, would you help us to feel your presence. Would you help us this week to connect with people who are good for us, who have your best in mind for our lives? Would you help us to be okay? Thank you that you made a way, Jesus. If I'm praying and you're 
agreeing with me, would you just raise your hand so I can know? I want to continue to pray with you throughout the week. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to be praying with you to connect to God in a powerful way that brings joy and hope and peace. I ask that all in Jesus' name. We hope you found today's message both helpful and inspiring. Hope Church meets every Sunday at 10 a.m. in Seaford, Delaware at the Seaford Senior High School Auditorium. If you would like more information, you can find it at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's hope, B-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening.